0: Hey everybody, good morning. This is Joe, REI, in your hotel room. I am not in my car right now, and I don't have my professional mic set up stuff, but... uh, I just wanted to record a podcast for you as I'm thinking about things and going through my Facebook feed, and I found a really interesting post. And I'm not going to actually name names in this post because some of these guys I agree with, and some of them I disagree with. But I thought I would read some of this to you all and uh, just get your perspective. You know, a lot of people are talking about the market correction, and a lot of people are talking about how you know Armageddon is coming soon, and we're going to see a huge housing collapse, and you better run to the hills and. Stop doing what you have been doing. But I'm taking a more moderate approach. You know, the market is slowing down. My personal perspective is that we need to be cautious. We need to watch the market and be prepared. You know, don't ignore the fundamentals. Stick to what works. And you should be doing that when the market is hot, when it's cold and flat, whatever, right? You should be focusing just on basic solid fundamentals. And you'll always be doing well, right? So anyway, uh, the first initial comments here was um, mortgage rates, yeah, they've hit a seven-year high. Uh, Several weeks ago, a 30-year fixed mortgage rate broke through the 4.6% mark, the highest level since May of 2011. Affordability is dropping. Demand might soon follow. For the past several years, home prices have increased at twice the speed of inflation. For a while, you know, that didn't have too much effect on the market because there was so much pent-up demand. However, the continued price growth and the mortgage rate hikes are finally getting to buyers. Uh, Another point here, more home sellers are reducing prices, right? Because not surprisingly, the combination of sustained high prices, increased mortgage rates, a drop in demand is finally starting to have an impact on the real estate market. And while there are still no major signs of a real estate slowdown yet, I don't know if I would agree with that, what this guy is saying here, but there are some worrying indicators, right? Specifically, sellers are starting to reduce their prices quite a bit. So prices are just coming back down to earth. More than a quarter of the homes listed as of September 16th had a price drop. So 25% of the homes that were listed in the middle of September, as I'm recording, this was about a month and a half ago, had a price drop, right? And that's, I think, normal coming in out of the housing uh, summer, right where it's hot and stuff. So it's normal to see price drops coming into the fall, but uh, we're starting to see more of it than normal. Okay. So I'm reading some of the comments on some of this stuff here. And, um, one guy says here, it's funny how 4.6% interest rate is such a worrying number to some, um, cause that is still really low, right? Uh, another guy says, I remember when I first bought, I was in the low sevens and we were thrilled. So when it was in the fives, of course, we were jumping for joy. And um, if the jump from 4.5% to 5% makes someone – take someone out of the deal, they're most certainly in the wrong price point to begin with. But here's what's crazy about this, right? The, the interest rates are still at historic lows, right? But the rate of the increase is what's worrying a lot of people, right? So let me go on here. Patrick here says, uh, an alternative viewpoint. One – it is already announced by the Fed that interest rates will cap out at 5.1%, still very low. Number two, affordability will be brought moderately back in balance by the adjusting lower home prices. Three, home prices will come down a bit, but will not crash. Four, months of inventory in most markets around our country are still low. The amount of inventory is still low, indicating a neutral supply-demand ratio, which is a good thing. Number five, a slowdown will happen, not a crash, and in the big picture, this is good. Number six, I think this is good. Look for alternative opportunities, buying terms, buying on terms, owner financing, lease options, et cetera. Number seven, stay away from the high-end stuff in your market. Stick to bread and butter. This is especially true as we're starting to come into some uncertainty, right? You've got to be really, really careful with high-end rehabs, trying to flip high-end properties. Stick to the bread and butter. Those will always sell. Those are the median-priced homes, Right. You know, if you're in the Midwest, that's a hundred to $200,000. Uh, number eight this guy makes is a good point. Look for short-term plays. Wholetailing will be solid. That's where you get a house that you buy for traditional wholesaling, but instead of flipping it to investors, you just clean it up a little bit, put it on the MLS. Those are good points, right? Um, so there's a lot of opportunity. And then another guy here brings up a real good point. Where the rates are now doesn't really matter as much as how fast they are moving. At 10%, when, when interest rates were at 10%, people just bought cheaper houses and overall prices were lower. But a sharp movement up of an interest rate, even from super low to low, takes money out of the market and affects prices now. It's a good point, right? I bought my first house at 7% and thought it was a steal, but if interest rates would have quickly moved to 7.5%, I would have had to settle for a smaller house. People are always going to the max when they can afford. So they're always going to the max of what they can afford. So rising interest rates affect very rapidly what they can buy, and it therefore affects the investor no matter what level they are at. Here's a really important point to remember with rising interest rates. You may think it's historic lows, but for the person that is downsizing and has an interest rate at three and a half or 4%, they're downsizing to a smaller home, right? They can't do that. They can sell their house and buy a house that's $100,000 cheaper, but with interest rates of one point higher, their mortgage payments are going to be the same. Now, I don't know the exact numbers, right? But like if somebody wants to downsize, they have to dramatically downsize, which is not what a lot of people want to do. So Just just, not, just buying a cheaper house doesn't mean anymore that they're going to save on their monthly payment. If somebody needs to save $200, $300, $500 a month, then they're going to have to get a dramatically smaller home, which makes it uh, harder to sell. you get what I'm saying there? Another guy says here, good point. Our financial system is working. Interest rates are the governor for price appreciation. Real estate is cyclical. Did we all think it was going to be smooth sailing forever? Good point, right? So, all right, this is another good point. (laughs) This is good. He says, it's not food for thought. The meal has been served. The market has already started a correction, even if it only normalizes. It will put a lot of people out of business simply because they won't know how to even underwrite deals that take three months to sell versus three days and have depreciation in the mix. You understand what he's saying there? Problem is coming with lending. How are you going to underwrite deals? How are you going to lend money on deals where before it used to take a week to sell, but now it's going to take three to four, five, six months to sell and prices are falling. So that's going to affect a lender what they're willing to lend on deals for quick flips and for rehabs and stuff like that, right? And uh, you just got to be smarter, It's the whole point of this, right? It doesn't say you should stop investing, but you need to be smarter because it's taking longer to sell and it's still like historically good. It's, you know, three months is normal historically maybe, right? But like when you got investors that are used to selling within a week, everybody gets really, really nervous when it starts taking longer than that. So this guy says it's coming. It's time to prepare position and prosper. If you don't have a fat cash position to make it through the gap between the gap of time between what a seller thinks their house is worth, coinciding with what an investor is willing to pay for it, you will suffocate a slow death. What he's saying there is that sometimes when the market corrects, there's this period of six to 12 months, it's a gap where everybody's trying to figure out what's going on, right? There's this period of time where an investor is saying, I, you know, I see that in the future, the market is going down. We need to adjust for it, and so we're going to be offering less. But the sellers, they don't see it yet. And they still think their house is worth a lot more than it actually is. They don't see that the house, the days on market are longer. And uh, they're they're thinking that they can still sell their house for top dollar quickly with multiple offers. So there's this period of a gap between what sellers and banks are wanting to lend on or buy for And what sellers are willing to sell. And that period of a gap is really critical because there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. That's why I always preach you've got to know how to offer creative financing to a seller. And you need to, uh, especially when the market starts slowing down or changing directions or going down, you need to know how to do lease options, owner financing, subject tos and things like that. Super important. This guy goes on to say, I'm not saying it's Armageddon or 28- 2008 again but rather most investors have no idea how to run their business in a normalized market well this is really good point here listen to this guys we are about to separate the men from the boys in the next 12 to 18 months what starts in phoenix and san diego spreads across the country and it has started there those two areas are the heartbeat of the housing market when they sneeze we all catch a cold put on your seatbelt, ladies have you been stashing some cash hope so really good point right Um, so again, you know, the space between where we are and the normalized market, it's going to lay a lot of investors to rest, kind of what we're talking about here. Another dude says a real good point here. He's seeing this on the construction side, even in parts of Texas that have been exploding. He says, we're starting to see really bad overbuilding. Uh, Houses are being overbuilt. Too many of them they're causing and the prices are starting to go down. He's predicting 2019 to be a buyer's market for new construction. As for pre-existing homes, there will there's there are still a shortage and will always be a demand simply because buyers can't buy the smaller homes at good values anymore. Take a deep seat, cowboy. Get ready for the ride. The rodeo is just beginning. Um, now, one other dude here, and this is kind of the... I saw this post and I thought, ah, wait a minute here. Um, this guy posted this, and I, I know this guy. He's a good friend. I respect him, but I don't agree with this. He says now is always the best time to buy. Now, if that doesn't sound like something a realtor would say, uh, then I don't know what else is. Now is not always the best time to buy. Would you think that in two thousand six or two thousand seven was the best time to buy? No, probably not. But you know, I don't know. <laughs> Um, anyway he goes on here to say now is always the best time to buy if you're if you're a real estate investor and you can buy solid cash flowing assets and hold for long term you'd be a fool not to no one knows what the market will do this year or next practice the fundamentals mitigate your risk and keep healthy reserves no need to not feast i mean i agree with the last part of what he says there but i don't think now is always the best time to buy The best time to buy is when you got a good deal. And that's why I think wholesaling is so critical and important because you're in and out of a deal, right? And if you can't sell it, you don't buy it. You understand? The way I do lease options, I get a property under contract, I don't commit myself to make any payments until I find a good tenant buyer that will move into the home. And I'm not doing expensive houses or really cheap houses. I'm sticking with the bread and butter, median-priced house. Because people always need a roof over their heads population in the united states is growing i remember reading somewhere a long time ago that the population of the united states will double in the next 50 years something to think about people need a place to live right so there'll always be a demand for housing you just got to be in and out as quick as possible if you're doing rehabbing right now you got to be super careful my biggest advice would be avoid the big rehabs the expensive homes outside the median price range okay that's my big thing, and my other big advice would be start learning how to buy and sell on terms. Start thinking creative real estate. Start as it gets harder to get financing, as it gets harder for buyers to get financing, as it gets harder for sellers to sell because prices are dropping and buyers can't get financing, et cetera. Right? Just be start educating yourself on how to buy and sell on lease options, owner financing, subject tos, and things like that. Super important. Cool. So I hope this all made sense and uh, um, hope it was helpful to you guys. Just some food for thought. Let me know what you think, huh? If you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you can leave comments on this episode and let me know what you all think. We'll see you guys. Take care.